3: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
4: Podcast.
3: This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by Tom Hurricane Rennie once again. Tremendous. Um, uh, (laughs) Football pundit, producer, West Ham fan, but uh, I'm keeping that quiet after yesterday. Uh, He joined us to look back on some of the big talking points. On the weekends football, and was yeah. in- entertaining as always. Um, Nick Whitley joined us, a Norwegian-based Leeds fan, who found the police turning up at his front door. <laughs> yeah. It's a Leeds-related <laughs> story, uh, which he'll explain. Um, Neil Duncanson was the producer of An Impossible Job, a documentary about Graham Taylor's England, uh, fly-on-the-wall documentary, brilliant documentary, which is on Channel 4 uh, this evening. It's Monday, in case you're listening to this hour oh, yeah. sequence, uh, at 11.10. Okay. And uh, he was very good, wasn't he? They listen to it next week. <laughs> well, they might do. Yeah, they might. People might save them up. I don't want to say it's on tonight because I don't want to no, give no, people a, a bum steer. Very, very good point. We then. had a chat. We did. We found we out about, uh, about fairground it. rides that you've seen the yeah. stars on, thanks to Kevin De Bruyne. And oh, we brought you some clips of the week pewter from 2009. So that should be enough to get Ooh, on it's with. a bumper packed edition. It certainly is. Yeah, uh, here it all is. <laughs> good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Has he gone yet? <laughs> well, look, we, we did not sort of say on Friday, whose term would it be in the barrel? I mean, you know, every Monday, the spotlight is on one particular manager. Mm. Possibly the spotlight would have been a bit more on... Uh, Nuno Espirito Spirit of Santo had it not been for Manchester United's oh, Raffa. performance. Raffa or, yeah, possibly yeah. Rafa. Yeah, he's got a bit, bit more time. Performance that was. But certainly it's uh, Ollie's time in the barrel. And, yeah, we'll be coming back mm, to that yeah. a little bit later on. But it was a shocker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Norwich are good, aren't they? Tremendous. Well, look, they're um, I, you, you saw them play, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. So I bet your superior yeah. odds you saw them in the flesh.
5: I think the worst thing about it was it wasn't really a lack of effort. They put plenty of effort in. There was just a lack of idea and and tactics and everything about it. I just, I I don't get this club. I don't get, they've got to come up with a different plan next time they come up. You can't keep going down, coming back, going down, coming back, and then you never do anything to to change that because that basically is your model. I just think if I was a Norwich fan, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't accept that. It's Mm. just poor they were quiet the whole game i mean that's really unusual i mean
3: i know there are differences in in the, the set ups at mm. the two clubs and maybe the personnel in some cases but if you look mm. at the way that brentford are taking it on you know yeah, they exactly. you know they're <coughs> not going <coughs> to they're not going to die thinking that they uh, they didn't give it a no, good they, go, and even they, if they end up going down, which it doesn't look like no, they, they will, won't.
5: and they've been unlucky, very unlucky in the last two games. Mm. And uh, but can players stop apologising and just play better? Perhaps might be a better idea. Mm. You know, can I, perhaps I should apologise to the listeners
3: after the birthday spread. You should write your book. Stop <laughs> apologising and play better.
5: Well, exactly. What's the point of Maguire and Grant Hanley saying, Oh, will we apologise to the face. Shut up. Just play better. There's no point." What I'm fan sure that- what fan is placated by that? What fan heard Maguire saying, oh, I don't feel so bad. Now Harry's apologized to us. <laughs> yeah, me. I, I'm
3: I'm clapping Norwich lost
5: 7-0 because Grant Hanley said sorry. It's I'm pathetic. sure I'm
3: sure they I'm sure they attempted to play better. It just didn't kind of work out that way. Okay, but don't apologize for
5: it. You've, okay. You you know you've tried your best. You haven't tried your best. Try better next so time So say nothing Is that what you're saying I say so Because it's just A sort of hollow thing Isn't it The apology After uh, after losing. Also this weekend I've had a lot of I sat next to I like the guy I sit next to At football He's a young lad I said to him Have you been vaccinated And he said no And I didn't realise I thought you had to Be vaccinated To get in At Chelsea <laughs> And honestly, when you speak to these people, there's no logic to them. He you just, you just said to me, I trust my immune system. i said, a lot of people in hospital have said that. It's not a yeah. great idea. So yesterday I had a conversation. They said what, exactly? With, I don't know. Yesterday I had a conversation. Somebody said to me, you know, they inject you with magnets. Magnets? <laughs> really? <laughs> honestly, people come up. The royal family, they haven't had it. So some of the conversations I've had this weekend with people about
3: this, they haven't had it, the royal family. I didn't know you'd been in it with magnets, Andy, you kept that quiet. <laughs> Not at magnets, the old no. kitchen people. <laughs> maybe, they've it, Honestly, maybe they've turned it into a vaccination centre. It's
5: that the modern thing where people just go, this is what I think. And you say to them, well, what about the science? What about the actual numbers game yeah. and all that? No, no, that's what I think. You think, okay,
3: well, there's not much you can't argue yeah, with we that. Well, we've, we've gone, considering it was a big weekend of football, we've gone in an interesting well, that's direction. Another direction. Yeah.
5: Paul Scholes, if you want to bring it back to Manchester United, a lot of people said, of course, that he was absolutely right on oh, Wednesday was. night, yeah, and you, you could did, see you said it. that to me, and he was. Yeah. But uh, the photo that he put up, or his, what his daughter put up, is also odd on two levels: yeah. A, to do it, and B,
3: to post it. Honestly, he well, you know, she's going to be getting a pair of nail clippers for Christmas now, <laughs> really. Well, it's a much better system. is it, really. I do admire it. You shouldn't bite them off anyway. You it's, no, it's not,
5: you not know. a good idea, really. Get, you know. where's, uh, where's the uh, the son's Ben Hunt? He did brilliant in his uh, in his race report yesterday. Mm. Oh, of course, I can't find it now. This is the problem when I want to find something and I can't find it. He just basically made a reference to it, which I thought was pretty. What in a, in a Formula One race report? Yeah, oh, more nail well biting enough. than Paul Skull's toes or something. Oh, something okay, like oh, very good, <laughs> it very was good, very topical. I'll probably find it about six thirty tonight. Normally <laughs> oh, here we are, Max Verstappen. Oh, yeah won the US Grand oh. Prix as his Texas shootout turned into a bigger nail-biter than Paul skulls Nice. Beautifully on, done. That's,
3: that's good work, isn't Beautifully it? Beautifully done. Good to see Barry back. We may be reflecting that. Yeah. Barry FC uh, are back, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So it's been a tough old time for their fans. And I've got
5: a new name for Ralph Harsenhutl. Oh, OK. Uh, I, the way he's dressed, I'm calling him Ralph Hackett Hootle. Because <laughs> he does look like dressed yeah. Hackett, which is. Do you find think... the worst pronunciation
3: of his name ever? On this no, that is <laughs> true. He likes the. He wears a kind of tartan tie, doesn't he? So but is the, it, it's is the, is the that
5: Chinos. About... It's the Chinos with the sort of suit top. And the, the is it the Harson
3: Hootle tartan? The Harson Hootle tartan. M- Harson Hootle. M- tartan. <laughs> yeah, is it, is it that? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got, I wonder if it is. I wonder what tartan mm. is. If you're, a, if you're an expert, mm. I used to, the old mate of my dad's was an expert on tartan. He could spot, you know, I mean, I say expert, but he'd spot stuff. Really? Was he Scottish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, he, was he Scottish? <laughs> he was no, from Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> just well, like he, the Patman. Could have been his, could have been his hobby, couldn't it, really? Yeah. Um,
5: yeah. Can I ask people to stop doing salt Bay spoofs now? It's started about two years ago, very two years ago. Okay, well, you're yeah. Mr.
3: you are Mr Zeitgeist, no, Andy. I know you was, don't like that. I did yeah. it, but
5: a long time ago. Now it's just tedious. You get yeah. the idea, he charges a lot for his steaks. Well, he, even the people who go there benefit. I've, you know how many times I've read that Gemma Collins and Danielle Lloyd have spent a fortune at Salt Bay? It's paid off for them in publicity. I must yeah. have read it in about ten articles. Well, why
3: don't you go? Why don't we go? Yeah. You pay for it, obviously. <laughs> we'll go there, and we'll have the gold leaf, and maybe we'll get a load of publicity. He did the maddest
5: one he's ever done this weekend. He cooked a piece of meat in salt. Right, yeah. Completely in salt, covered in salt. Oh. Then he broke over in the salt, got the meat. And then at the end of it, he sprinkled more salt. In. The last thing this piece
3: of meat needs of course, is more good, salt. Not good for you that much salt. What a stupid, cool subject, dear. <laughs> yeah, please go on. Then we get the listeners going on this. This is one that quite mm. possibly uh, Max Rushton, never mind Charlie Baker, would say <laughs> no to. He may have even. I'm, I'm, this has been around since Saturday, so it's quite possible Max and Charlie did mm. it. If they did, let me know. Uh, apparently, um, Kevin De Bruyne was spotted. At uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach, was on he? Um, he took his kids there. Oh, well, yeah, fair enough. The Nickelodeon it? Land, yeah. Hello to everybody in Nickelodeon Land. as Rodney Marshwood? <laughs> Rodney would said. Marshall But said he that. was on the Blue Flyer. <laughs> he was on the Blue Flyer ride, and oh, he yeah. he didn't look like he was enjoying it too much. Yeah. I don't want the. I don't want the. G was f- it the dark blue or the sky blue flyer? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, but imagine it was the sky blue flyer. <laughs> okay. Um, but I don't know what the G forces are like, but mm. I imagine uh, uh, Pep would have looked at that and thought, well, I don't want him getting a neck injury. But he was on there with his young mm. kids. So uh, we ask you in all seriousness be a lot to tell of us. About- <laughs> <can't> yeah, <they? laughs> no, I not think so. Uh, uh, the stars you have seen on the rides. What was the ride? What was the oh, star? Yeah. And did they enjoy it? Let us know. Mm. I mean, you know, the stars, they go to Wharton Towers and places like yeah. that. It could have been around the world. Sport Lionel otherwise. Messi on the Dodgers. Yeah, Lionel Messi. I can see that. Quite possibly <laughs> Lionel Messi on the water. <laughs> and when you, that, that great mistake you made when the bloke get on the back and you say, I remember once getting a one, and I'm, oh, I'm man, never great on really, those things. Yeah. And one of my idiot mates said, Is that all you got, mate? Oh, As no. he tried to spin us around. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Quite a strange little story. Uh, This is uh, a a Leeds fan, um, Nick Whitley, who who lives out in Norway, and um, he was uh, celebrating Leeds' late equaliser Hmm. in a game and there was a knock at the door and it it was the police. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Norwegian police were reporting on it and uh, Nick fronted up and said, yeah, that was me actually. And we tracked him down and uh, he joins us now. Good afternoon, Nick
2: afternoon how are you doing good thank you
3: yeah i mean well, i mean you're watching you mind your own business watching your team in action from a distance and then the roses turn up
2: <laughs> yeah yeah well i was just actually about to head out and uh watch the evening game with my uh mates down the pub and uh yeah uh i had a knock at the door uh and there were three police officers uh <laughs> Yeah, looking all very serious with a a shield, riot shield there, and uh, what looked to be like some sort of ram as well. They
4: were going to force the door in.
2: in. Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad that I didn't get out um, a minute earlier. Otherwise, I would have uh, maybe come back to the door being kicked in. So (laughs) I was quite lucky that I was a bit late heading out. Do you know who
5: alerted the the police?
2: I have no idea. It's got to be one of my neighbours, but... um, Yeah, I've uh, I've watched games before in the apartment, so uh, Hmm. I'm surprised I've not had this previously. So it must have been though,
3: isn't it? It Always. Well, we should should explain really here that it wasn't that they were complaining. It wasn't like a noise pollution thing. As a man shout, they thought you were in peril, didn't they? They thought there was. They thought somebody was being attacked.
2: (laughs) Basically, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was. I'm not the loudest actually. Uh, I'm not one of these people that sort of jump up and down the whole game. Mm. Um, but I think after our performance last week against Southampton, where we were, well, it's the worst we've played for three years. And uh, yeah, this game was getting pretty frustrating uh, from the off okay. after Wolves scored so early. Uh, it never seemed like a, a goal was going to come. So it was probably a, a bit of a release of emotion, I think at the end of the game and mm-hmm. uh just grateful that we got a point out of it. Um, yeah, so I must have made some weird noises. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, I was going to ask uh, you about my that. My neighbours were looking after me. I was
3: going to ask you that, <laughs> actually. Could you give us an approximation of the kind of cry <laughs> that might have thought that your, <laughs> your neighbours... I, mean, uh, I mean, ballpark. I mean,
2: could you... Give... Uh, I Well, I... It's hard to describe, to be honest. I don't actually re- remember it. It sort of seemed like a maybe a bit of an out-of-body experience. Um, <laughs> I was thinking back to maybe other games when I've maybe done the same. All I could think of was the Swansea-Leeds game when uh, Pablo Hernandez scored um, a couple of years ago, which kind of sent us on the way to promotion. And, yeah, I really did go crazy that time. But this time, I, th- I think it was the combination of... Um, winning the penalty and then soon after Mm. uh, scoring the penalty and then yeah I never really thought about it until I heard a knock at the door and uh, yeah there was these free free coppers there and then (laughs) they had to come in. I turned all the lights off because I was actually about to as I say head down to the pub and um, so it did look a bit suspicious all the lights off inside and me ready to go out and (laughs) I invited them in and said, "Like, look, you can have a look around." And in they went with the torches, searching all the rooms, making sure I had no one in the cupboards, basically. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of the one of the police officers, uh, I think she saw the funny side. I was mm. stood with her at the door, and we were having a bit of a laugh about it. Um, so yeah, but I'm yet to confront me uh, my neighbours about it, and uh, I think I might put um, a few letters through post boxes just. To, yeah. Saying that will warn them in future when there's a Leeds game on there.
3: Give them all the fixtures. Well, yeah, I mean they were looking out for you. it'll be fair, they were being good neighbours.
5: Yeah, and that's and true. Yeah. But uh, with Bielsa, though, you want to you want to practice the South American goal shout.
2: That, you know that oh, thing. Oh yeah,
3: that, that would be, be good. That? Yeah, that would definitely. Yeah, be.
2: and maybe I need a bucket uh, to sit on. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was we'll good. See. It was
3: good to hear that Rafinha is mm. saying he's not he's not too bad. He's he's yeah. uh, he didn't look good when he went off, but he, he, I reckon he's not too bad, which is good to hear.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, before he got, I think that was another thing as well. When Rafinha got injured, you um, kind of hope drains out of you. Um, I think first half, he was by far the best player on the pitch. And uh, yeah, when that happened, uh, you kind of things think things are not really going to go your way. And uh, yeah, it's good that we, we need him back as soon as possible, him and Calvin, because they're kind of our standout players and we rely rely a lot on them too and um, yeah I think hopefully if we can get them fit and playing and we'll we'll start to move up the table again I think we're good enough to stay up
3: yeah good to talk to you Nick thanks very much for joining us I'm glad it all got itself no. sorted out in the end thanks a lot uh, thanks a lot cheers guys have a good time. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast The Talk Sport Clips of the Week Mm. Yeah based on what we've seen in this cricket world cup so far winning the <laughs> toss and deciding the bat is not the smartest idea no, in the world not is it a great
5: idea but Oh, yeah. dear. It might work for them, but it seems unlikely given what we've seen so far. But anyway, yeah, Uh,
3: you've been telling us about some of the stars after Kevin De Bruyne was spotted at uh, Blackpool uh, Mm. uh, on one of the rides there. I'll be more specific for the completists. It's uh, Blue Flyer, Nickelodeon Land, Kevin Mm. De Bruyne. You've been telling us about the stars you've seen on rides Ed De Hoy and Gus Poy at Legoland just after they joined Chelsea that summer, says Mark. I'm not sure if tickets were thrown in with their contracts when they signed for the club. That'd be nice. We obviously, Mm. you, you you get. X amount of grand a year win bonus you know and uh, if we get into Europe you'll get a bonus oh we get a couple of tickets always well, chucking a couple of tickets for Legoland as Edith well Eddie Hoy was like a block of Lego when he first came to church <laughs> he did improve thank you very much for that Mark This uh, we have a weird one I saw Graham Soonis on Rita at Alton Towers this summer what did Rita's husband say? <laughs> I mean, but no, it's, it's nothing to do with it, Rita Aura. No, it? it's a ride. It's <laughs> a I thing. Say, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rita, Queen of Speed. But just suddenly hit hit us with that, James. I saw Graham Soonis on Rita.
5: <laughs> well, somebody saw Rita Aura buying PG tips
3: yesterday. Wow, that's what a, a e- great
5: story that was! <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Was that the front
3: page? Pulitzer's <laughs> all round. Anyway, let's move on. We are bringing you some clips we of the week. We need to play week. that music again. Clips <laughs> of no, it doesn't table. matter. Clips yeah, right. of the week, Pewter. Uh, these they're not curated. We're not claiming they're. You know, they're gold, they're the best. They're just as they went out back in November 2009. There's a few old names. I like Some, that about them, though. You like the fact yes, they're a bit I mean. rough around the oh, edges. Yes. That's, you it's know, we're, we're not, pr- I mean, it gets us off the hook. So the producer who does kind of pull them together, because, oh, yeah. you know, we can just hang him out to drive their rubbish. <laughs> it it's nothing does to good, do with does us. a good job. <laughs> anyway, we'll begin with Mike Graham yeah. uh, on the overnight show, uh, taking a call. But I just wish you'd say who it was from. (laughs) Let's talk to Dave, who's in Berry. Hello, Dave. Dave from Berry. Dave from Berry, how are you? Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah, hi. Uh,
5: I'm Dave from Berry. Yeah, I think we gathered that (laughs) (laughs) day. Where
3: are you from, though, mate?
5: (laughs) Hey, we'd be pleased about the news about Berry this morning. Anyway, would be, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Brazil on breakfast now, reading out a text. Villa played Saturday night and still played a first-choice team up at Sunderland. We're in the top three now. Enough said. Uh, Continuity is the the key to this boys. It certainly is.
3: Continuity. <laughs> Continuity, naming. That was at an age twelve. Yeah, <laughs> it's young, didn't he? It? it wasn't that long ago. Sticking with Big Al here, he is uh, talking about Bruce Springsteen, or was he talking about himself? A few cans of beer, living rough, and getting the odd hot dog and stuff. did Bruce Springsteen live rough living on hot dogs in the old can of beer well I don't know he might have done I I think he's moved on since
5: here's uh, Stan Collymore making a few points why not invite Real Madrid and Barcelona A you're automatically going to get two teams that can play world class football B you're going to get stadiums to go into the, you know, uh, Madrid and uh, and Barcelona that hold eighty to hundred thousand, not the fifty or sixty. C. You've got fans of Real Madrid and Barcelona in South America, an untapped market in terms of the Premier League. D. It's warmer out there. C. You've got Kaká and Ronaldo.
3: We've, we've gone been, back to C. How did we do that? What happened to E? I've got no idea what happened to E. He wasn't interested in E. instead. just went back to C. Uh, this is a caller who wasn't happy with his club's transfer business. Sola was promised superstars and all this stuff. And, I mean, all we've been getting is just second, second-rated Italian players from, from Italy. That's where most of them come from, unfortunately, <laughs> mate. Yeah, they? yeah, That's, They come from Italy, the Italian
4: players. <laughs> Here's
3: Bobby Gould,
5: who was at Stafford Bridge for a big game.
4: Yeah, definitely. You know, but I've just got Drogba walking in. He, there he is. He's walking along uh, the uh, side of the pitch. There. That's uh, nice to see him with that. He's uh, kit on him.
3: Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough, Bob.
4: <laughs>
3: Over to Mike Perry and Andy Towns in there. And Mike was quoting one of the most famous lines from one of the world's biggest film franchises.
5: Golfer, do you expect me to
3: die? No, Mister Bond. Uh, sorry, sorry. hanger. <laughs> do you expect me to talk? <laughs> Why did did he sound like that sort of cartoon dog?
5: (laughs) 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 Bobby Gould again. Who was talking about the treatment of managers by the press?
4: I was just imagining, like like the the parrot, like Benitez has been the parrot all week in in the sun. They turned him upside down. And what, you know, they made Graham Taylor the onion, you know.
3: the onion. Yeah, the infamous onion headline. I don't think it was an onion. He might have been, onion. yeah. Uh, <laughs> returning to Mike Parry again, or should that be Professor Parry? Drink salt water, Andy. Your tongue goes bigger than uh, a loaf of bread in your mouth. Not sure it does, Mike. <laughs> it definitely does
5: Could be exaggerating there. <laughs> yeah. This is Adam Brazil summing up a horse race in a way that only he can. It was just so fitting to win a long shot awesome. in a hole,
3: Migdon panic, cool as you like, waited, and then whoosh, Tubble button, bang. bang. It was Curly. Race sure button. Button. <laughs> <laughs> whoosh, whoosh and bang. bang. That's all there. The, the two words you need <laughs> to describe a horse race. I'm just <laughs> surprised more people don't use them. This is, uh, what else we got? It's Jason Cundy crossing for a tennis update. Okay, now it's the ATP World Tour Finals, the O2 Centre. Talk Sports Dave Luddy. And then Dublin and I've got Sky. Oh. <laughs> don't think he was ready for you really he was just having a chat wasn't he yeah i've got sky you know and i'm off to dublin actually. i've got the three o'clock flight because uh, it be nice to listen in on that yeah just uh, you know just I'm not business but you know I, I live with that now so i might have a pint of the airport before i go great yeah. one final one from
5: mr parry this time talking football Listen, if, <laughs> if the manager says, look, your performance was below standard, fellas, and I've got to get you back in order, because you quite rightly said, Andy, a point you made earlier
2: on was Tony Pulis is literally giving blood 24 hours a day. That's he's a lot not, of blood. He's
3: not. He's <laughs> He's still very much winners, surely got none left. Other than we'd be a big empty husk in a tracksuit with a cap on. <laughs> really? And finally, it's one of our favourites each Christmas. It's racing commentator Derek Tomo-Thompson being treated to a special musical performance.
0: So, of yourself a merry little Christmas now
5: That is brilliant. And good news, Justin, racing at Utoxida goes
4: ahead.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say, good news, Justin, a child is born unto Mary and Joseph. But no, I thought it might have been something Christmasy. That was a brilliant Great way. news, Justin, racing at Utoxida. <laughs> Goes ahead. So there mm. we are. We'll have more um, clips of the week pewter for you uh, next week. And uh, yeah, there's quite a, a few few good ones in there. I felt yes, absolutely. Um, I'd see uh, one of the sporting stars of Strictly went out the other day. I've not. I wasn't watching it. Um, but Hugo U- monya has gone. Yes. he's gone. I watched it. Um, but somebody was telling me they watched it. That he wasn't the most fluent of dancers, but his lifts were good. I mean, yeah. was, uh, quite a few times it looked like he was, was in a line out. <laughs> 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 most of the lifts were quite line out like. Really. Yeah, that's apparently quite sort of straight vertical lifts when the, <laughs> his partner had her arms in the air. That's right, and then turning and yeah. as, as yeah. yes it was good and they all locked well off. he was unlucky you yeah know, he was unlucky yeah. did you you've been following it only this year well yeah? I and have the yeah. missus likes it and you sit yeah. down and, w- and watch
5: it Kyle uh, son of Tommy of course he's, he's a, a proper dancer do, though, isn't he yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's, uh, and his partner were fantastic on something the American t- not the American Tango oh, I know my dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's really rubbed off on you isn't it yeah the American Tango yeah, I don't think I, the American Smooth and the Argentine Tango I'm getting confused there yeah anyway some society News in the mail on Sunday yesterday. It oh, yeah. fantastic. This was a wedding attended by Princess Beatrice and Eugene. I think that's her name. It was the first high prof- profile public event. Um, uh, Beatrice wearing a light colored blouse and full length dark blue skirt. Oh, yeah. Um, paused to wave to onlookers. By her side was husband Eduardo Mapelli-Mozzi in a navy two-piece suit with white pocket square. Who cares, honestly? Like Princess Eugenie wore an elegant black satin dress while husband Jack Brocklebank or Brooksbank not Bro- Bank Brooks <laughs> Brooksbank? That's a mouthful, isn't I've it? I've given him a new name. Yeah. Teamed his suit with dark sunglasses.
3: Sunglasses? <laughs> sunglasses? <laughs> You're a living clip of the week, man. What's when you're reading out loud? I can't read out loud. Yeah. Anyway, keep them coming the stars. You've seen at the Mm. uh, the various uh, on the theme rides. Met Jordan Henderson at the ice rink at Lapland, brackets Christmas theme park, Mm. not really Lapland. He He lent me his penguin, which is nice. Uh, the stabiliser for kids says, uh, Mummy lent me his penguin. One said, Tony Mowbray playing around a crazy. Are we accepting crazy golf, Andy? Are we doing. I let you be the mm, oven. This. Nah. Well, I did meet, uh, according to Michael, he met Tony Mowbray playing around a crazy golf in Scarborough. Uh, my nephew almost hit his son with a club by accident, I take it, of course. <laughs> 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 oh, and Lee trundle uh, on a pirate ship at Nosley Safari Park. Oh, I've been there. Uh, so, thank you very much, uh, Nick. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Tom Rennie <laughs> has uh, joined us in the studio as we look back on the, the Premier League weekend. <clears> Good <throat> afternoon, Tom. I can't believe mm. you already had people getting in touch
1: with you about they've seen footballers on rides. Oh, yeah. I, how have you done that? How do you well, get people texting in on this sort of thing? I, I've got that's no incredible. idea.
3: You want to One Fernando Torres with his family on Typhoon <laughs> Lagoon in Florida. <laughs> Robin Lester. I told you it was. Is a there sh-
1: verification, though? Pictures <clears or <clears didn't <throat> happen? Surely. No, I've done, that's the I, thing, I think there are
3: some it? things that people in life don't make up, and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, so, why? I suppose why? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can. It's only one place to start, of course. Yeah. That is at the Southampton. Burn? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> that was a phenomenal game, though. It I'm was not a good game. It was about it? Yeah, that was really good. Very Chelsea heavy. Yep. Two of your, one of your ex was players, one like of not beaten, but drawing with Chelsea. Oh, it? So we are actually starting there. <laughs> then. not we? we? Go on, let's do that.
1: Liveramento was fantastic. We always spoke him a couple of weeks ago. He looks like he's a real no-nonsense, brilliant footballer. Broha as well, like no prisoners up front, looks absolutely fantastic. Southampton have suddenly got a focal point and a brilliant player, uh, which they didn't have two weeks ago. And we spoke last time I was here two weeks ago about Maxwell Cornet on the other side, someone you would pay to watch play football. How they'd convince someone to Go from Leon to Burnley. Yeah, I don't know if he's getting incredible money. I, I don't know if he's got debt, so had to go there. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know
3: <laughs> if you're it's listening, good. but if he hasn't, no, that's just a joke. Yeah, he hasn't got debt.
5: That's an
1: but obvious he... joke. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so
5: it's, it's not the sort of player that Burnley normally travel mm. or go for. I mean, he's, he's I it, it's
3: interesting that Sean said he, mm-hmm. he'd like to see him doing a little bit more defensively. Mm. I think he feels like, yeah, but when he's scoring goals like that, I'd just let him. Play it as you see it. As I Grand mean, you Zander can score said. all sorts of goals, you look at the volley he scored a couple
1: of weeks ago, the header he scored in in this game, then the, yeah. the, the the first time volley from distance over the shoulder. He can clearly deal with the long ball. He loves dribbling at people. Everything is there. It's astonishing they brought him in, and I hope yeah. that they don't try and make him a defensive-minded Burnley player. Sean, please don't turn Maxwell Corney into <laughs> Jay Rodriguez. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Let him be Cornet. Let him be
3: free. Let him be Cornet. <coughs> um, uh, Livramento. Why did you? What happened there? Then? Why did you <coughs> sell him? Uh, because he wanted to go. Oh, and, okay, fair right. He was the Academy
5: yeah. Player of the Year last year, so they are yeah. desperate to keep him, but they, he's got, they've he's got to buy him. They'll buy him back for 40 million. Yeah. That's <laughs> the problem. They will buy him
1: back. 100% they'll buy him back playing like
5: this. I don't understand when... Uh, apparently there was a story, you don't know these three, that Tuchel wants uh, a, another striker, because you've got one striker. You know, Havertz isn't a striker. No. no. So they've got... And Werner isn't a striker. I mean, we all said that the, the goal that Hudson-Odoi scored, Werner would have hit the corner flag with that. He would have done <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know. So... Why let this boy go out? I don't understand it. He, he looked the part. He looked the part in pre-season. He looked. He's played internationally. You know, you need more than one striker, although yeah. Pep Guardiola, might...
1: No, disagree. if you're an elite squad, you don't need a striker at all. It would seem. Yes. Um, and if you play Norwich, you don't need a striker. You at all. Probably don't
3: need a striker. You can probably play Rush goalie against Norwich at the moment. If <laughs> oh, you go on to Chelsea, Norwich, while we Andy, yeah. Andy witnessed that, and uh, it, it, they were dismantled on a match of the day. Mm. And Alan Shearer was pointing out, and that wasn't Shearer, was it? it? Was at the weekend? Somebody was just pointing out just the lack of pressure that yeah. was yeah. put on the ball uh, and the, the lack of work rate by their front players. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty, wasn't no. really.
1: But this is what happens when you're in a state of almost despair now with Norwich like how are they lifted from this state of despair what do they do and you know we'll talk about Man United in a minute having no game plan what was Norwich's game plan were they trying to hold on they played Sargent and Pookie up front Mm. at Chelsea away Mm. like that wouldn't get out the first meeting in a proper football club a proper conversation but they felt like Maybe they could go toe-to-toe with Chelsea because Lukaku wasn't missing? That should have been dismissed in the first conversation. It was a strange
5: approach, it
1: was. They, you know. they turned up to be beaten, and 7-0 didn't flatter Chelsea on the day. Uh, and the fact is, the petulant sending off of Gibson, the terrible patterns of play that noid put in, it was all-round pitiful. And it just seems like we've got two teams in England that are happy just to... Poodle along with a manager who seemingly doesn't know what he's doing at this level. Mm. You know, and, and Farker is, is in that Solskjaer bracket at this moment in time. Mm. Why is he still there unless they've accepted bottom... And promotion again. And maybe they have. And I said it to you before, that's absolutely fine if the fans are happy with it. I mean, you were there the weekend. Were they booing? Were they protesting? They were, very were they quiet. saying fuck around? Yeah,
5: no. They They're were, just nice they, people. Yeah, they were very quiet. It's interesting, though, looking at Foden and looking at Mount, you know, they, it is the classic Lampard gerard situation for mm. Gareth Southgate. Mm. He has to find a way of getting both these players
1: into the same lineup. Does
5: on. he, you think? Oh, I think so. I yeah. think
1: if you had one playing fantastically <clears> well, <throat> and on 70 minutes you can bring on one or the other. I'd rather be in that boat than having to try and force two players so into good. the same Mount position. Mount is so
5: key to Chelsea the way they play.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's worth saying as well mm. that I was watching the coverage this weekend and somebody said something like, you know, brings up that old tired debate about people had doubts about Mason Mount for like ten minutes two and a half years ago. <laughs> right? that debate is so long gone now at this point And I would, I bet, I mean, people are sending in Fernando Torres at Alton Towers. Someone get in touch and say they still doubt Mason Mount, and I imagine you'll get more Fernando yeah. Torres tweets and you'll get
3: Mason Mounts. We got, we got. Um, On, uh, yeah, Mason Mount. We haven't got Mason Mountain and Roller Coaster. Uh, Mason Mount on Rocky Mountain Road at Disneyland. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Feeding into that is uh, Adam Lalana talking about the Brighton City games. We've brought Foden up. And Adam Lalana said, People might think that we're crazy going toe to toe with them, but I would much rather us go down fighting than have the slow death of putting 11 behind the board, knowing you're probably going to lose anyway. Yeah. So it it was bold. And it was interesting to hear a manager who's just been beaten 3 1 at home said, there was a lot I was happy with there I was Mm. pleased with the performance yeah that's the game I was doing the commentary of
1: this weekend and I think if Robert Sanchez doesn't drop the ball for the first goal I think you look at it a much more even encounter I think Brighton played very well certainly as the game wore on they brought on a Mwepu and they actually went uh, almost like for like they took off the strikers and they went no striker they kind of matched up Man City and matched them up very well in that second period but the first goal Sanchez drops the challenge from Jesus is not a foul Gundogan scores it and then you know it's like that bit in Ghost where they take away the souls of the people being horrible to Demi Moore, they just took the game away from, from Brian. There's nothing that they could possibly have done about the breakaways from Grealish and, and Foden and Bernardo Silva. I mean, there's there's, there's there's Mo Salah and Bernardo Silva right now for me in the Premier League. Were in terms they ever of really going to mm. let him
3: be some sort of make in the Harry Kane deal? Was that ever true or not? I don't. It, say, I mean, it's, it's his own personal unhappiness. You know,
1: yeah. he, he wanted to play football and it's the Raheem Sterling situation, right? I envisage there being a conversation. Am I going to be in the team? And the answer to both was no. One of them has upped their game significantly. The other one, for whatever reason, hasn't at this point maybe that's the motivation bernardo silva needed yeah. the prospect of going to somewhere else because the way he dominated that game there's the, the skill the tiktok gen would have absolutely loved when he kind of flicks it back into his own path yeah. looking one way facing the other but people like me love the through ball and, and the way he was challenging and hassling and you know he looks like a complete central midfield player in the premier league you know got not a fancy dan winger he looks like a, another yeah. you know <coughs> tielemans <laughs> and rice and all these guys at the mm-hmm. moment box to box 90s midfielders everyone's become Roy Keane again and Bernardo Silva I didn't see it coming but he's become one of them
3: absolutely
5: it's interesting the the Foden goal the Premier League now decide goals and own goal scorers in real time Hmm.
3: the dubious goals committee they used to like getting together they used to have a lovely Sunday roast they would and have a few beers (laughs) catch up with some old mates like the Pauls panel it's your fantasy
1: football panel now isn't it they do it for your points people get furious they don't know if they got their points by 10 Uh, seconds after the goal so they set up an actual panel to uh, decide it so people know if they've got six or five points for
3: this? Did I get an assist? <laughs> you know the furious people that care about such things. Uh, who are the mate? Uh, what do you do? for... I'm a make weight. I mean, is there ever really? better <laughs> come on, let's have your top ten make make-weights. No one wants to be a make. No one wants them, exactly, and there's no way Bernardo Silva should be ever regarded as a make weight. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible word, and it's a slur on a career. It could have been. It could have been at some <laughs> point, but now you could wouldn't. I wouldn't put him there. No, I wouldn't put him in the make weight. Ca- no, can't agree. I can't even say it. <laughs> Let's uh, get some good make weights on. Yeah. And, and were they ever on a ride at Alton Towers or Thorpe Park? Let us know. Yeah, my husband Andy is driving at the moment, so he can't text. But he did meet Aussie dealers at Blizzard Beach in Florida. <laughs> And whilst queuing for the Caterpillar ride at Porton's Park, we had a chat with Keith Stroud, the former referee. Oh, lovely. (laughs) Thank you very much for that, folks. (laughs) It's it's a richer scene than I ever imagined. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There's a lot of quality TV on tonight. Mm. Um, And uh, one of the uh, things you should be looking out for, certainly recording, if you haven't seen it before, and even if you have a chance to reminisce, tonight on Channel 4 at 10 past 11 they are showing a documentary that most people probably still think is called Do I Not Like That? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's mm. called An Impossible Job, behind the scenes mm. with Graham Taylor's England in the early 90s. It, it um, I mean, Excerpts are still available to so the point we tried to find one just now on YouTube to play out. But there's quite a lot of industrial language, as I believe yes. they call it. <laughs> in, and that was the great thing. It is completely warts and all. It's fascinating. And um, uh, Joining us now... A man, I believe it, was the, the, it may have well been his his idea to try and get it made in the first place uh, as a as a young producer at Chrysalis who made the show. Neil Duncanson joins us. Good afternoon, Neil.
4: Hello, boys. How you doing? We're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's still young, Neil.
3: Yeah, he's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's hanging in there.
4: I'm, I'm dying with young boys. You carry on with that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but is this true? Was it you first floated the idea and probably thought that you'd never get permission to mm. do it?
4: Well, I don't think we ever thought permission uh, permission would be granted for it. Yeah, we came up with the idea after the Euros of 92, which, if you remember, didn't go so well. Mm. And Graham was absolutely taken apart in the press, the famous picture of the Swede, if you remember, on the back page of the Sun. Mm. Um, And England had gone into that tournament, as I remember, not having lost a game for about two years. Um, They drew two. And then lost to the hosts. And and he was just eviscerated. And he, he had loads of injuries. And it just made us think, I mean, that is an impossible job, isn't it? And it's one of those jobs where, unlike a brain surgeon or an electrical engineer or a plumber or whatever, everyone in this country who's a football fan thinks they can do it better, the England manager's job. Mm-hmm. So we thought, wouldn't it be interesting if we could get under the skin of it and find out what it's really like? So we got hold of Graham. And we explained all of this to him, and he wasn't sure, in fairness to him. He thought about it a lot. But then I think increasingly the media coverage he was getting was getting so, um, well, it was awful, frankly, uh, back in those days. But in the end, it was that, I think, that persuaded him, no, I'll do it, and I'll I'll let people see what it's really like.
5: Yeah, I mean, fortunately for Graham, you know, he survived this, didn't he, in a way? Because it was very bad publicity for him in the end. It wasn't your fault, but it didn't make him look that brilliant, did it? Well, he, really?
3: he told me once, Now, I had a chat with him about the documentary, and he said to me, I said, did you want a lot of... When you, did you want it pulled? Did you want it cut? And he said, I'd made a promise to the people behind it that I would let that stuff go out. He kind of hinted to me that maybe one or two other people in the documentary didn't come out so well in the edit because they'd... They'd insisted they wanted things taken out. Should have left it in there because, you know, one or two people around Graham probably suffered quite badly and it was quite reputationally quite bad for them, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, I'm not, I think in fairness to Graham, we always said to him, if, if there's things you don't want in there, then please tell us. And, you know, the only thing he said, we, we sat him down and he watched the whole thing when we were finished. And he... and the screen went dark and he turned around to Ken McGill, the director and I, and he said, oh, my mum's not going to be happy with the language. (laughs) That was the only thing, in fairness to him, he said, well, that's what it was like.
5: Uh, there's some really memorable stuff in it, but of course, there's some things like the Rob Shepherd press conference was a yes, incredible, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: when he just did, yeah, I can't look at your face, Rob, and I mean, it's, it's become like uh, a lot of people of a certain vintage. It's almost like karaoke. I mean, it's it's you could go, you could probably put it on like they do those evenings of sound of music films. we will all dress up in those old tracksuits, and you'll have a bouncing ball on the screen. <laughs>
4: I, I, again, it was a bit like the Italian football moment when um, you go to the local park and watch the kids playing football and then you suddenly hear these lines coming back to you. Yeah. Can we not knock it, do I not like that? All, it, it started coming back from, from other games, mostly in parks. So you, you kind of know then that you've cracked it when, when it comes back to you that way.
3: I'm trying to remember Des Walker's comment on pasta. Though. I think doesn't he say there's five different kinds of pasta? I think it's, <laughs> that's, that's a, the other thing. It's not just Graham and or, Laurie Macall yeah. and Phil Neal. It's more than that. When the players are just chatting, you kind of eavesdrop on on that kind of stuff. And that's the fascinating and the interaction between the management team. And the players, it's, it's, it's such a fascinating insight. I'm not sure, maybe because of this, uh, I'm not sure you'd ever get that kind of accent. It would just be PR'd to death, wouldn't it, really, if, if you got any kind of access with England behind the scenes now?
4: Oh, goodness, no, you'd never get anywhere near it now. That was the last time I think anything like that would have been allowed. And that was just down to Graham pushing it through because so many people around the team didn't want it to happen. Uh, And in the end, Graham decided it was what he wanted to happen. Uh, And he stuck with it, in fairness to him. Um, And when things started to go wrong, he could have backed out, but he didn't. You know what he's like. He's a genuine human being and um, a lovely guy. And all he wanted was for England to qualify for the World Cup. And for a whole bunch of reasons, that didn't work out. But he didn't shy away from the fact that he'd made that commitment to us.
3: And there's certain things, obviously, that you can't control as a production company. And you, you know, the, the the Ronald Koeman moment, the foul on Platy, the free kick. I mean, the drama of that, and being able to follow him on on the touchline when that's going, and watching him unravel. And you know, tell saying to the linesman, you know, tell your friend he's just lost me my job. And all it's as <laughs> harsh it's is it? amazing stuff.
4: Well, it was testament to Ken McGill, the director, and his patience. Basically, I mean, he spent nine and eighteen months basically side by side with Graham, recording hundreds and hundreds of hours, eventually persuading him that he should wear a radio mic uh, on the touchline, much to Laurie and, and Phil's disappointment, I think. Um, but it was Ken's persistence and you know just making sure that he was always there. And we had hundreds of hours of material that, frankly, was wallpaper. But you needed to do that because then you'd get the gems along with them.
5: The sports documentary genre, it wasn't the first, there were others before it, but it was a very key one and it's become a, a huge thing, hasn't it?
4: Yeah, it has and it, it seems to have endured and we've been really careful not to overdo it. I mean, yes, it's all over the internet, you can find the clips everywhere, but um, Graham was never that comfortable with it going out all the time. It's gone out a couple, ITV showed it back in the noughties But the only reason we did it was because Graham fancied doing an updated version of it. So he did a a documentary that followed it with him then talking to the England managers that succeeded him, which is quite interesting. Um, So this time around, uh, Channel 4 approached us about it. uh, And we went back to Rita, Graham's widow, and said, what do you think? And to his agent, Ian Wilson. And given it was Channel 4, and that's where we started, which is another story, I mean, they, they... back to back then when other broadcasters didn't um, and got the benefit of it at the time. And five million people watched it when it first went out on Channel no. 4, uh, just the first night. Goodness knows how many people have seen it since. But um, no, I, th- I think we've been careful not to overdo it. Um, so I'm, I'm pleased it's going out again tonight. It's, it's a genuinely groundbreaking doc, great bit of work by Ken McGill. Uh, and I think testament to Graham Taylor's Hopes uh, and then ultimately worse beers, but uh, a wonderful doc nonetheless.
3: But it's, it's great
4: you explain that,
3: Neil, because I've, 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 I, as I said, I spoke to Graham about it a few years back, and um, and a few people would often say I was a stitch up job, but it really wasn't, was it? Graham was part of that process. He, he okayed it, as you said, and you know he wanted he he to help go out- you
5: get into the ground in Holland or something like that. there's there some story about that? What? No,
4: yeah, he helped smuggle Ken into the ground. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. he went yeah. to Ken's wedding. Um, we, we were all friends up until his death. I mean, we, we, mm. we always um, were, were in very good uh, contact with him and, and maintained excellent relations with him. He's a super fella. Yeah,
3: no, he was, he was. And you know, that's mm. what comes across ultimately when you watch it. Look, it, it, you say the, the clues in the title it is a difficult job and he, clear, he cares passionately, he just wants to see England qualify and England win. And I think that sort of decency still kind of shines through the documentary.
4: Completely, yeah. I I hope it does. I hope that's what comes across. And I think if anyone is watching it for the first time tonight, um, comes away and thinks, well, there was a decent guy that didn't quite go for him for a whole bunch of reasons, loads of injuries, loads of other issues, didn't quite work out, not what he wanted, doesn't make him a bad person.
3: Well, I look forward Brilliant. to watching it again. And mm. uh, it's uh, 10 past 11 tonight on Channel 4, An Impossible Job. Neil, good to talk to you again. All Thanks the best. Neil. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll do it all again with Charlie Baker tomorrow. Andy, you'll be back on Wednesday. Yes. Weren't you? Looking forward to it. That's right. Marvellous. We've got Carabao Cup action, haven't we? Marvellous. To look forward to. <laughs> yes, Who have you true. got in the Carabao Cup? Southampton. Oh, okay. Well, Home. your place. Home, yeah. we got Burnley away. That's a bit tricky.
5: Yeah, but the thing is it's always it's basically it's reserve, it's your second string competition.
3: Well, isn't know, it? We're, we're front of, you know, we want the right to lose to City in the final. I think we <laughs> might go for it. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Me and Charlie up tomorrow if you can join us. Great, if not podcast available at around one. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday
4: between one and four PM on Talk Sport.
2: Hello.